Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 187. Our guest today is Laura Taw, certified human resource leader and owner of Essential HR. Laura knows that when a business faces HR problems, there's no room for ambiguity, only positive results. For the past 15 years, she has blended sound HR practices with her pragmatic approach to improve business performance. Now Laura leads a team of HR professionals as they navigate complex HR situations with managers, help guide decisions, and instill confidence with actionable steps. Good morning, Laura. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So great to have you here today. We're really excited to have you on the show. Tell us about your background in talent management and human resource leadership. What got you started? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, coming out of university, I had decided I loved business. I grew up in a family that owned a small business, and I just loved the tenacity of small business owners and that challenge of building something from scratch. And so I thought, you know, coming out of university, there's a few different areas of business I thought about getting into. And I really, human resources just I thought, you know, I like people, let's give this a try because at 19, 20 years old, a lot of us don't really understand the business world and how it works. So I thought this is a great avenue. And thankfully, I was blessed to say that I am passionate about what we do. So it was a great choice. So from university, I went into some of the corporate, some big corporate names in the restaurant, retail and hospitality world and got to work with some really dynamic organizations for the first about decade, um, a little bit more of that of my experience. And then while I was on maternity leave with my second child, I had this inclination that I have all this great experience with these big organizations, but I have friends and family members reaching out to me on a, a weekly basis asking, what do I do about this? And, and how can I manage that? Or do you have an idea that I could go in this direction with an employee or with a workplace accident? And And I thought to myself, you know, despite the fact that I work for organizations with 100, 200, 700 people, these small organizations with 5, 15, 25 people still need the help and still need the support of a seasoned HR professional to help them through these situations and protect their business and and really guide them to make what could be large issues minimize that risk. So I started Essential HR to really help small business owners who don't need an HR manager full-time on their staff because there's not the time or the tasks required for that, but who still want the support for when things do arise or putting strategies into place so that we can mitigate problems in the future. And that's how the business really came to be. And we are really passionate about working with small business owners because HR isn't just for when you have 50 or 100 or 500 people. HR is when you have two or three or 15 So this is so interesting to me because we hear from leaders all of the time, large companies, small companies, we hear it from sports teams, and we hear it from venture capital investors, and we hear it in academia as well, which is that the team is the thing that can be such a difference maker. The quality of the people on the team can be the difference between failure and success. 
Yet it seems to me that, especially in small business, so often it seems to be an afterthought. Why do you think that is? Well, I think when it comes to people management, there's kind of two strains of thought. You have your goals and your visions of what you want your team to look like and the systems and the approaches that you want to take. But unless it's a fire, unless you have an issue with a termination or a performance issue, unless you're seeing a high turnover, it usually gets pushed off to the side. Because as small business owners, oftentimes we go into it and we have a passion for one area of the business or understanding the customer, but we're not financial gurus. We're not accountants. We're, we might not be marketers. We didn't go into you know owning a small business because we're human resource professionals, unless you are a human resource professional. So it's one of those things that seems elusive and it's difficult and you just hope that it goes well. But when it doesn't, then you're now in crisis mode. So we're all about making sure that we avoid the crisis mode as much as possible and set up the small things so that things are efficient all along the way. Yeah. And, you know, as you're building this business, right, at some point you have to grow up a little bit. I think I think what happens with a lot of accidental entrepreneurs, sometimes they come from organizations that maybe didn't do such a great job managing talent. And so they say, I want to build this differently. I want to build a place where I love coming to work every day and I want people around me like that. And I think that that's such a great attitude to start. And that works really well when you have a handful of people, two, three people, five people. But as we start to grow, even beyond as early as five or six people, things can get messy pretty quickly. And it sucks the emotional energy that you have as an entrepreneur dry. Like, I don't think there's anything as stressful as a people issue for a small business. Yeah, I agree. And so tell us about how do you help people manage that? Because when you're trying to grow your business, you're often stuck between this idea of the next hire and how does that translate to my bottom line? And right. it can be really expensive to hire a dedicated talent management resource. What are your thoughts about how to help? So our organization, what we do is we help small retainers. So when you have that five or 10 person team, you might only need about five hours of help. And really what that is, is it's your security blanket. It's those questions that you think about in your mind. You're like, what do I do with the individual who has pink eye? Do they come in? Do they not come in? Do I have to pay them? And these, these ideas that for an HR professional, we can answer within seconds, but for somebody who doesn't have the background, all of a sudden you're spending half an hour, an hour, mulling it over, falling asleep, thinking about it at night. And so really having that person who can help you on your team, in your corner, is just going to help that emotional stress reduce. And how we do that is through processes. So there's a lot of different venues and, and different branches of HR that a small business owner might not think of as the most important, but have great returns on the back end. For example, one of those things is onboarding. So we've put all your effort and your emotional energy into hiring that right candidate, but you haven't thought about what happens after they step in the door on day one. And everything that happens after they step in the door has a direct correlation to their engagement and how long they're going to stay on your team if you're doing it properly. Laura, I want to come back to that. What I was curious about is this element of there's a lot of talent out there, but there's a huge amount of businesses vying for the top talent that's available. And what comes to mind is companies have their brand and they spend a lot of energy and brand. How does that relate to employees? I love that question. So I love the concept of employer brand. So let's go back to think about some big brands out there, some great brands, Southwest Airlines. And what do you think of when you think of Southwest Airlines or Target? 
or McDonald's, these people have worked so hard on their brand and what that means to the customer. But I want to flip that a little bit and think about what do those companies have as an employer brand? So instead of thinking about Southwest Airlines or Apple as a company from a customer's point of view, think about it from if you were to work for them, what do you know about them as an employer? So those are some big companies. What do we know about Southwest Airlines, what kind of characterizations do we give them or or McDonald's or Apple as an employer? And you might say, yeah, Laura, that's great. They are, you know, thousands upon thousands of employees. But what does that mean for small business? Well, a lot of our small businesses, a lot of us, we're competing for the same talent that these big companies are competing for. And it's really important for us as small businesses to know who we are as employers, and to really give credence to all that we have as small businesses, as an employer to our incoming new team members. And I don't think we take enough time to think about that because oftentimes we dismiss ourselves as employers. We think, well, we can't dangle that carrot of climbing the corporate ladder, or we can't offer, you know, some ginormous salary because we are only 15 people. So what do we have to offer? So we hide behind it rather than looking for our strengths as employers and really amplifying those to let people know how great it is to work for a small business. Exciting because the competition with the big players out there, as you say, can be some staggering financial numbers that they're throwing at these candidates. Let's walk through some of the elements that really should be looked at as being an employer's brand or employer's benefit that the large brands can offer. So a lot of times when you think of your employer brand, there's a lot of different elements that can go into it. So it could be your physical workspace. And we always go to the idea that what we have to offer somebody else can do better instead of being proud of what we have to offer. So, you know, a physical workspace for a small employer might be a three office location within a cute suburb of a certain township. And you might think, oh, that's just where we are. It's not a big deal. Or maybe your office is beautiful. Or maybe your store has a great back warehouse that is so well organized. These are things we don't think of when we think of what our physical environments are. Maybe you're impeccably clean where you are, as opposed to thinking, well, if they work for that big company and down the street, they're going to get a shiny new office or a shiny new chair. We discount who we are because not everybody wants to work for those big companies. And we think, well, they can climb the corporate ladder down there. And we forget how amazing we are as business owners to mentor and provide engagement and really care about our team. Not everybody's looking to climb the corporate ladder. So stand true in who you are as a mentor for your team or the relationship that you have with your team or that the team has with each other. Financial, again, we talk about, oh, well, they might have a bigger salary. Not everybody is looking for an extra five or $10,000. Yeah, we all want an extra five or $10,000. But what you have to offer from a flexibility and family-friendly workspace or work environment can trump that hands down for a lot of people. So I think we've got to start looking at those elements that our work environment has in order to really know who we are so we can start not necessarily competing with them, but being proud of who we are so we can start amplifying them. Laura, I know you're working with some amazing clients and you've provided tremendous help to them. Can you tell us about a client you've worked with recently that really turned out great? 
Yeah. So talking about employer brand, I'll give you an example of how that directly relates to hiring. So we have a client who was competing for a fresh out of university, new hire in the communications business. And she had the interview with the individual and sent a note and said, I really want her. I need her on my team. And to give some references, this is about a 15 person team, but she has another interview on Monday. So she said, I gave her the offer, but in order to really feel confident in moving forward, she wants to take that other interview still. And what should I do? And so we turned back and talked to her and said, listen, you've set up a great recruitment process. You have a beautiful persona for your business and your team is fantastic. You set up an interview that feels genuine and that has the experience for an employee that is very, very strong. And you just have to know and be confident in who you are moving forward and wait till Monday. And it wasn't, I don't even think lunchtime when we got an email from her saying that this candidate had had the other interview with the employer and sent her a note saying, after that interview, I am so certain that you have the right job for me. I am thrilled to accept. And that's what a strong employer brand does. It's everything that you put out into the world, your systems, your efficiencies, the way you present yourself as an employer, that's going to win over top talent. Laura, what are some of the first steps you can take in sort of defining and amplifying your employer brand? So I think the first steps you need to take is you got to figure out why. Why do you want an employer brand? Are you trying to increase your employee engagement through different programs within your organization? Are you trying to reduce your turnover? Are you trying to be a little stronger in the community so people know you? Maybe it's building trust with the people who come into an interview. Maybe you've seen that people interview with you, but they never accept. So what are the reasons that you're trying to make your employer brand stronger? And then after evaluating those ideas, you want to start narrowing down where your opportunities are. So maybe the opportunity is within your communication structure. So what does your recruitment flow look like? Is it seamless or have you allowed people to wait for days, weeks, months on end before communicating with them only to find out that they've gone somewhere else? So the first step I would say is to find out why you want an employer brand and what do you want it to do for you? And then start evaluating all of your policies and practices. So your recruitment flows, your onboarding, how do you train people and continuously train people? What is your performance management like once people are within the organization? So for somebody who has a strong inclination to want to be an employer who represents diversity and inclusion, and you advertise that and you amplify that, but when somebody walks into your business and they don't see diversity within your organization, then it doesn't align right. So then we've got to start looking at those gaps and figure out how do we solve that? Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's sort of that same thing in a brand promise you make with the customer, right? That moment of truth is when you either deliver or you don't. So if you're just sort of putting out who you want to be and you're not reflecting that, that can be a huge problem, of course. And you you touched on something else that resonated with me, which is performance management. What are you seeing right now, trends that you've seen perhaps in some of the larger organizations that you've worked with that work well in smaller organizations? And then what do you think that people sometimes get wrong about this in smaller companies? So uh, one of the trends that I've seen is moving away from a formal employee review and moving towards continuous communication. And we love this idea. And it actually works well 
in small businesses. In my opinion, I think it's almost easier in small businesses because the relationships between supervisors and managers and small businesses is often much more close than in the large organizations. So instead of having a review twice a year or you know, sometimes that even turns down to once a year and looking back at a whole year's information to try to assess somebody's performance, we talk about on-the-spot communication, dealing with issues on the spot, and then the performance review becomes more of a development plan for goal setting. And that is one of the strongest areas of opportunity for business is to start setting goals with employees aligned with the strategy of the organization rather than just constantly reviewing what happened in the last three weeks, three months, or if you can even think back what happened in the last year. Laura, I was curious, a company can really put together a good internal employer brand, but how do they represent that to the world? What are your thoughts? So I think when people look at an organization from the idea of would they be a good employer, one of the first things that comes to mind is job posting. So you're hiring for a new person, and you're putting out a job posting. And the job posting is not so much a reflection of who you're looking for, that that's an important part, but it's a reflection of who you are as an organization. So that is the first place that you can put information about when somebody comes to work for you, what can they expect? And you really want to define that value proposition that you provide as an employer right in that job posting. So I remember an example was once given to me. I I would love to claim it as my own, but somebody else had mentioned it. So I give them credit. The idea of general labor. And the number of times we've seen in a job posting that's advertising a general labor. And they might be a great organization and they might have great programs, but the concept of calling something a general labor for a job posting isn't really the most attractive from an employer standpoint. And then if you open that job posting, all it has is a list of 18 duties, some of them repetitive, some of them you might do for five minutes every two months, and then 18 generic skills underneath it. And that's how we've typically done job postings for decades on end. But the new idea moving forward to really amplify your employer brand is make that job posting the same type of that you would actually a, a dating posting. How would you describe yourself? What are really the things that you hold near and dear and what can you offer somebody else and use that job posting to your advantage. And that is the greatest way to get information in front of people. The second side is when they start coming in, they say, this is the place I want to work. Hands down, this is the place I want to be. And they send their resume and the communication that happens after they send in their resume is the second most important thing when advertising your employer brand how you approach them, the timelines, the level of communication they get. You know, do they come in for an interview and you made them wait for 35 minutes? And did you give them, you know, thankfully have gotten away from the application process, the physical application. But I can remember in in days gone by when you went in and got an application for a job and it was like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy 72 times over. So how are you presenting yourself as an employer in that process? And so those are the two ways that I would say are really important because you say, well, it's just one person and I maybe didn't give them the time and attention they needed in the interview, but what's the big deal? But that travels quickly. And I can't tell you the number of even just friends and family who have impressions of organizations based off of their hiring practices. And whether that be they sat there for an hour and waited for their interview, or whether they just never heard back after they took half a day off of work from another job to try to work for you as an employer. So you've got to remember all that works into who you are as an employer brand. 
Laura, we want to thank you for your time today. You've given us so much to really think about from employer brand to performance management and to really think about even our hiring, you know, and what we're doing right or wrong. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I do have a download available to your listeners right on this topic. It's called how to identify and amplify your employer brand in five steps that I would love to offer your listeners. Sounds great. We appreciate it. We'll have that up in the show notes and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much. Our guest today has been Laura Tallhawk, certified human resource leader and the business owner of Essential HR. You can learn more about Laura as well as find links to her free download offer all on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.